Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur. This is season seven, episode 13. We are coming to the end of the season here. And uh, today on the podcast, we have Zach Windall. He's from The Brand Sunday. We're kind of going to business school with him. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think you're going to learn a ton about how he thinks about digital reaching people. So whether you're you know running a business or you're really trying to reach people through church and ministry, I think you're going to learn a lot from him about what he's learned in success and failure and this digital world that we're creating in. Thank you so much to our sponsors who have been with us this whole season and especially, you know, Compassion Canada, who's been with us more than just a season. They've been with us for a while. Amazing people doing justice work and the Church Co., a website building company I have been talking about for a long time. And so I love that they've partnered in with the podcast for this season. Hey, if you haven't yet checked out our YouTube channel, we are going to be coming at you and we have been coming at you with tutorials, with a whole back catalog of podcasts. If you want to see these conversations that we're having and not just hear them, you can do that right on our YouTube channel, but you got to subscribe so you don't miss when new stuff's coming out. So go check out our YouTube channel and also our digital church Facebook group. That's where we're having conversations all throughout the week around digital church and discipleship, evangelism, thinking through the implications of technology to our faith. Uh, That's where we're hashing that through. And Hey, there's even job postings if you're looking for a job. So all that link is in the show notes, but let me tell you a little bit about Zach Windall. Over the past few years, it's really just four or five years now, he's been growing a business from the simple idea that he had in his parents' basement in Minnesota. And it's now the brand Sunday. They've helped over 250,000 people understand the Bible and grow closer to God. So they, they do this through books like the Bible study. It's this one year study of the Bible and how it relates to you, but it's also beautifully graphic and cool to experience. And then they have one for youth and they have this thing called the best season planner. They have a ton of different products. Their main thing that they're known for is this, the Bible study. So uh, we're going to dive in with him in this conversation to how he thinks uh, as a creator, as a entrepreneur. And I think there's a lot for us to learn whatever kind of ministry or work that we're doing. hope you enjoy this conversation with Zach. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. You're listening to Season 7. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm so pumped to have you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Uh, well, we got to start with who Who the heck are you? Can you uh, <laughs> give us a little introduction on yourself? I, I'm looking forward to talking to you about all things business, entrepreneurship, purpose, how that connects to our work. Totally. But before we go too far, give us a, give us a little bio on yourself. Yeah, big picture. Uh, I now live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, I grew up here. I run a business out of here. I spent the last few years down in Miami, but I run a company called The Brand Sunday. Um, I wrote a book called The Bible Study, and it kind of turned into this bigger project than just one book. Started helping uh, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world uh, dive deeper into the Word and and really have their hand held through the process. And so we create tools to to help people with that, um, whether it's books or um, conversation starter cards, um, or uh, we do a lot of um, we do a lot of social media content as well. So kind of all over the place. So I love this because I think a lot of people listening, what you're doing for them sounds like um, a dream of something they'd want to do. Uh, you know, have have something that is an idea in their head that turns into a real thing in the world that people catch on to and want to buy or want to be part of. Yeah. Um, so before we go, you know, I, I would love for some of this podcast if you know, give us like a, take us to business school today, <laughs> all, yeah. all that. But, but before we get there, I'd love to, to go more into the story behind this brand, yeah. um, the brand totally. Sunday. Um, can you tell us a little bit, like, give us the origin story. Where did this come from? Yeah. How did, how did you get going in this thing? 
Definitely. Well, let's start all the way at the beginning when I was four years old. So when <laughs> okay. I was four, uh, we're going all the way back because it plays into the whole story yeah. here. Uh, so my mom is a four-time cancer survivor. So wow. when I was four years old, uh, she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer and was sent home with a 5% chance to live. Uh, she ended up being healed from that. And then she had a tumor around her sciatic nerve and was healed from that. And then had colon cancer with three quarters of her colon removed, was healed from that. And then when I was 15, she had breast cancer with double mastectomy, reconstruction, the whole deal. So my whole childhood from four to 15 during my developmental years was pretty unique compared to a lot of people. I was seeing God move in miraculous ways. Um, and the, the biggest thing was that, uh, that my mom always told me like, Zach, it could be so much worse. I could not be here today. So you need to be grateful for the life that you do have and the impact that you can have every day, um, needs to be purpose-filled. And so my upbringing was that, um, so I, I was always in church. I was around a lot of believers, but um, seeing God move and actually understanding the word was a little bit different. I was overwhelmed by the Bible. It was intimidating to me. I didn't know what to think of it, what to, what to believe. And when I hit college, I fell away from my faith for, uh, for a few years, just trying to do things on my own. Um, I really struggled with just kind of the way that a lot of the Christians that I knew were living their lives and didn't line up with what I knew um, Jesus to be. And so I kind of pushed away from um, Christian culture for a few years. And then when I was 20, uh, 26, I hit a spot where I was like ready to give up everything. I was, uh, I was either all in or all out. So I said, God, I'm going to give you two years. Uh, I'm going to study the Bible as in-depth as I can prove that you're real. And so I moved, uh, so, so I'm in Minneapolis at this time and I moved to Australia because I figured, let me get away from all my distractions. Let me, let me get into a place that, uh, is a different time zone and I can just focus on the word. And I went through this program for, uh, for nine months where we were studying 12 hours a day, six days a week. Was this YWAM so was, by any chance? It, it was, so it was through their school of biblical studies program. Yeah. I, yes. I, I just said, Cause I, I know someone who taught in that program in, not in Australia, but somewhere Amazing. else that super yeah, intense, yeah. every book of the totally. Bible you're going through line by line. Yep, yeah. Yep. Wow. Insane. Yeah. When you hear most of the time, when you hear YOM, it's three months of study and then three months of travel. But this was uh, one of their like bigger programs where it was literally like, okay, if it was Genesis week, for instance, we would read Genesis five times through during the week and create our own commentary essentially. Wow. And so by the time that I was done with this program, I was like, my goodness, I have 20 to 40 pages of notes on every book of the Bible. I was like, I got to do something here. Um, because I really figured that, that a lot of people were in my position before and they just needed their hand held through the process. They need, they need these things broken down without using Christian terms and Christian lingo. But like, tell me, tell me what these different things mean. And and so and don't I have ended two up years, just like they don't have two years yeah. to give to it. Yeah. You've dedicated exactly. every day of your life for two years to for like sure. this deep dive. Most people aren't reading Genesis <laughs> five times in a week. Yeah. Most people aren't even reading it once in a week. Yeah. There like, we go. Or a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah. a year. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so we really hit this spot where it was like, okay, let's, let's put something together. I was praying about it and, and the Lord just gave me this idea for, uh, this product called the Bible study. And I ended up spending, um, like nine months kind of narrowing down my notes, taking out all of my thoughts on things and allowing it to be very even across the boards. So no matter what you believe, you can, you can uh, get something from it because you basically read through the entire Bible over the course of a year. And then we just uh, provide additional questions to, to help make the content stick. And uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign in 2017, uh, ended up doing $24,000 in pre-orders in 30 days. Wow. And we were like, oh, okay, we might, we might have something here. Okay, now we got. Can we stop there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, let, let's on. let's go to business for school sure. for a minute. Why'd you do a Kickstarter? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I wanted to keep everything um, kind of in-house. I, I started offering it to uh, to a few different investors, but I didn't feel like I should give up part of my business um, for uh, first somebody that didn't uh, necessarily believe what I believe because none of them were, were Christian. Um, and I just wanted to kind of put all the weight on myself, whether it, it, it's going to succeed. Amazing. If it's not, then so be it. And Kickstarter is a great way to, uh, at least back then, um, was a great way to, to raise money and to pre, uh, to pre-sell the, the books. I didn't know what I was doing. This was all like brand new. I was starting a publishing company by myself. I wrote this thing in my parents' <laughs> right. basement. Like, so you're kind of like, it's yeah. like Kickstarter, like almost gave you like a test. Like do totally. people, we think people will want this. Yeah. But but with this, it was sort of maybe the less risky way because you're not yes. going to print all the books and then try to sell them. You're going to sell For it sure. and then go print the books. Like sell the yes. concept, proof of concept. Right. Yep. Wow. Yep. All yeah, based brilliant. on pre-orders. And I like I had a full-time job at that point. Oh, you I did? Was, okay. Uh, this is a yeah, side yeah. thing. I, Honestly, this was a side thing for the first two years. I was paying 17 other people before I paid myself a dollar for two years. So, yeah. And when you say these 17 people, you're talking like people to like physically put the book in an envelope and ship it to somebody. And designers and photographers and videographers and advertisers. And we have we have a pretty big team. Now we have five people, full time staff and about 25 uh, freelancers that we work with. Um, but it wasn't always that, like we started, we started with the Kickstarter campaign and just me running everything. I designed the first edition myself. I wrote it, I printed it the whole deal. Um, but then it just began to grow and, um, get in a lot more people's hands and it, it, uh, helped a lot of people dive into, to the word every single day and reading, reading books of the Bible that they've never read before. And so it's, uh, we're now on year four and, uh, it's grown to be impacting people all over the world. And every single day we're, we're so humbled by it because, uh, I get a picture from our warehouse team every day, just sending a photo of hundreds of books going out the door. And, uh, that's, that's more than I could ever ask for. It's, it's so clear that God's hand is, was just all over it as we grew. So like, there's lots of resources in the world. Uh, yeah. you know, to read the Bible, to go through the Bible in a year. So I, I guess I'm not looking for the, the sales pitch. Like it, like, yeah. it's more that like, you know, I think the whole podcast is going to be, everyone's going to go want to buy your content after they hear you talk. <laughs> talking about it. So I'm not looking for that <laughs> side you. of it. I'm looking more for yeah, like yeah. the bit, like the business side, like what sure. is it about this product that does yeah. something that some other products also uh, not exactly the same, but like, what is it that differentiates totally. you? Um, how have yeah. you positioned this in a way that like, yep. what did you say? Like $26,000 in a Kickstarter or something like that? Yeah. 20, yeah. $24,000 in a Kickstarter. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was making it simple and branded and easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And there's such a need in the, in the world right now, in the Christian world specifically for people that are like, man, I I want to understand the Bible and I want to be reading it more, but I just don't know where to begin. And so I think often when it comes to um, different products, they're very heady and they're so like the content is, is so knowledge filled and like they're, they're amazing. But I think a lot of people just want something, something basic. And we didn't see, we didn't see a lot of that in the marketplace. And so yeah. A big part of it going into it was the design. We wanted it to be super aesthetically pleasing. We wanted it to be like um, exactly what uh, what was trendy in the marketplace at the time. And then we focused heavily on um, social media ads. So we run uh, ads on seven different platforms right now. We're putting in a crazy amount every single day. And, and after four years, it just continues to succeed. And I think one of the biggest things is just seeing what's, what's, uh, popular in the, in the social media world right now and knowing like, okay, right now user generated content is huge. So now we need to shift our focus from high production ads where we're spending $20,000 to make some, some videos versus, uh, somebody else, um, posting or, uh, creating the video just at home on their phone because those do better. And so staying on top of those trends and knowing what's going on, uh, in the marketplace is massive. We see it as more of an e-commerce 
e-commerce business, then we do a, a publishing company. And because of our focus there, it's really, uh, it's really grown. That's so fascinating. As you say, like this whole, like obviously word made digital, we love to talk all things digital. And then there's this love hate relationship. Most of us have developed with social media. Yeah. And so you're talking about running ads, but not just running an ad, running the right kind of ad at the right moment. Totally. And so, um, I mean, okay. At the very beginning, because most people listening are like, yeah, like you're some big company. Of course you can afford to, to sell ads, but in the beginning, this is your part-time yeah. thing in your parents' basement. Right. Uh, For sure. You don't have a $2,000 or maybe you did. Where Did you have a $2,000 a month ad budget? Like where, where did that come from? No, I had, I had no budget. I was literally <laughs> like right. it, every, all the money that we made for the first two years went back into the business. And so it was okay. If we're going to sell, uh, we were just very on top of, on, uh, on top of the return of our ads. So it's a, it's a number called the ROAS number, which is your return on ad spend. And so if, uh, your, your ROAS number may be, um, a, 10 as you're first starting out, uh, meaning if you put in a hundred dollars, you're going to make a thousand dollars in sales, but then over time it may drop. It might be a two or, or a little bit lower, but at least every time that you're, you're putting out money, you're making money back. And that was our, our focus the entire time was, okay, if I'm spending a thousand dollars in a day, I need to be making at least enough to cover that and to cover all of our expenses. Yeah. So it was investing with like, as you say, read, look at the data. <laughs> you're, if yes. you're putting a hundred bucks in, it's because you're making the educated assumption based on the data that you're going to get the money back in sales as yep. opposed to just, you're not just kind of chucking money out and hoping for the best. Cause I mean, yeah, right. there are a lot of ads that cost per click a huge amount of money. And right. I don't know if people are seeing any sales from that. Um, yeah. was your strategy to go to sales or was your strategy more like, um, the community growth? Cause you've got for the brand Sunday yeah. as well as yourself, you have a decent following on social. Um, so were you yeah. trying to just get people to be part of the movement or were you pointing them to like, maybe you we were, were going those direct sales. We've never put in ad, ad money for, um, just to be a part of the movement. It just ended up being that as we were focusing on the sales and getting it in more people's hands, the physical product in people's hands, that everything else grew. Um, because we really made it since it's so visually appealing, so many people are posting about it on their story or on making TikToks or, um, whatever the case. And from there, it's just been more of inorganic growth. But the, the, I mean, we were AB testing our website constantly. We were testing our ads constantly seeing, uh, which copy works, which videos work. If we want video on screen, if, uh, photos better, um, whatever the case we literally had in. So we worked with, um, an e-commerce accelerator sort of. So we pay them monthly to handle all this. And they're, they're on top of all of our data points every single day knowing, okay, this is our budget for the day. And if it's not profitable, then it's uh, automatically going to drop. And so, uh, if, if we, every dollar that we put into it has had a profitable return since we began because we, we focus so heavily on that. Yeah. Well, I love that was my next question is Zach, it sounds like, uh, you sound like an MBA in e-commerce the way, I mean, the way you're talking, you're very knowledgeable, (laughs) but you were, but you've also from the, from our, beginning of this conversation, you've used a lot of we language. So what I'm hearing mm. is it's you and your parents' basements, but it's not just you. You, It sounds yeah. like from very early on, you were building a team. Tell us a little bit about, For about sure. that side of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think so often we, when you're first starting out, you're like, oh yeah, I can do everything myself. And then you realize that other people can do things way better than you. And I'm good at a few things, but a lot of people I know are great at many things. And so (laughs) from the beginning I was, I was hiring out, um, people really early on actually just to handle whether it's ads, whether it's social media. Um, and now we've built it at a spot where I have an incredible, um, uh, operations officer that runs all of the day to day and all of our relationships, which allows me just to focus on product creation and writing and, uh, the next step of strategy for us. But literally if it weren't for all the people that are on our team, we would be nothing. 
And so that's, that's been really uh, just exciting and encouraging to see um, all of their growth and just what's, what we can do when we bring a bunch of heads together at once, because it's always going to be so much greater than if it's just me. Pausing the conversation with Zach to talk about Compassion Canada, because whatever you have in mind and as you're working on your goals in 2022, I hope that in your journey as a faith-based person, you know, as a person of faith, you follow Jesus, that it's not just about you. You have some goals this year and some intention to do something for others in the world who just really desperately need it. I love that when I look at this year that we're walking in, I'm so grateful in all the chaos that is around us, that kids and communities around the world are being lifted out of spiritual, economic, social, physical poverty through the work of local churches in partnership with Compassion Canada. So if you're looking for some good news, here it is. We can advocate together on behalf of kids and families living in poverty and actually do something about it long term to change the trajectory of their lives, their families, their communities. So if you want to partner with Compassion Canada and you want to hear about and see what's going on, go to Compassion.ca to get inspired. I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make is they're thinking in the beginning, I can't afford to hire someone or I can't afford yeah. to bring someone else into this dream that I have or this, as as, we ta- as we'll talk about, you know, later in our conversation, this God-given dream or this purpose we feel yeah. like we're supposed to put ourselves towards. Um, but you, it sounds like very early, you said like, I know I'm not good at everything. And if this is going to be yeah. something, I need to find the right partners. And I think, you know, we're really made for relationship, um, whether that's a formal business partnership or not, um, in our work. Um, what, what are you looking for? What makes a good business partner? Yeah, I think, I think originally, um, hiring out either people that are going to allow you to focus on things that bring in additional money or hiring out people that are themselves going to bring in additional money, especially when you're, when you're first starting out, you want to take out all the distractions. So literally the first person that I hired was, um, was fulfillment team. Uh, and then the second was customer service, which allowed me to focus on growing the business. And then from there it was, it was only, um, working with social media people that are able to bring in additional money for us and, and a sales team. And so that, uh, by doing it that way, you open up your schedule to focus on areas that are able to build the business. But a lot of people, as you said, when they're first starting out, they're like, well, I need to ship every product myself. I need to respond to every single DM and email and text message. And by the end of the day, you haven't even spent an hour working on what needs to be done because you're so busy with, with all these other little pieces. And so being able to really figure out, okay, what, what's the best use of my time and where am I able to hire out, even if it's just part-time people right out of the gate. Um, like I, I, like I said, I had a full-time job this entire time. So I was, I was dumping a lot of my, my salary just from my job back into the business, but it was intentional because I saw where it was going to go in the future. Yeah. And like when you're looking to hire, I'm sure, you know, those, (laughs) is there anything you, you love other people to, to avoid? Like I'm thinking like, are there characteristics you're looking for in someone you're hiring or some questions you wish you'd ask uh, in the job interview pro, I mean, beyond just like hire some of your friends, you're not hiring all your friends. Yeah, yeah. So like, what are you looking yeah. for? Cause those first few hires are going to shape the culture are going to totally. determine really the success. They're buying in at the ground floor. You know, they're probably right. not paying them very much. What are you <clears throat> looking for in those people? Yeah. People that really believe in the business and believe in you and, uh, and really, uh, are, are along, want to be along for the ride with you. Um, but then also understanding your leadership strategy. So I, I hire a lot of my friends just because I think they're great at things. Um, but you also need to know how they work. So are they going to be, do they need to be micromanaged or are they pretty hands off? For me as a leader, I'm very hands-off. So I give the direction of where we're going and and just expect people to, to bring us there. But that's not how a lot of people work. A lot of people need, okay, here are my tasks for today and I'm going to get those done and then you give me more tasks the next day. But that's that's not the way that I work. So, so having people like that on our team doesn't make sense. 
So yeah, it's really it sounds knowing like people who are thinking like yeah. business entrepreneurs or owners of the business yes. themselves, that they're thinking right. like, like you're, they're not waiting for you to tell them what to do. They're like, I can fix this problem. Proactive. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yep. Yeah. And, and it just comes from a lot of self-awareness and knowing where, where you're at and what your, what, um, what your strengths are. Yeah. You talk in, in this book. So we haven't, we haven't gotten there specifically yet, but you have this new book yeah. amongst, we've yes. talked about the brand Sunday and the, and you know, yes. all of that, but we haven't really talked about launch with God, which is yep. this new book you're writing, you've written, how to build a business that matters and live out God, live out your God given purpose. So, yes. Um, I want to get to this purpose conversation, but before we get there, there's this chapter in the book called finding your logos or, yes. uh, which logos to, you know, in, and that's, I, I zeroed in on that chapter because, uh, it's, it's this, it relates to word made digital. Like, uh, yeah. John chapter one in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. But the word is yes. logos. So you're talking, you yes. have a whole chapter dedicated to finding your logos, which is like exactly yeah. related to word made digital. So totally tell me I about this. The words matter. The story yeah. matter. Let's t tell me about this finding your logos. Yeah, I think there's a few different ways of looking at it. I think we need to be listening to the voice of God, especially when we're creating businesses and really diving into, okay, what's he, what's he saying to, to me? What's he want to use my life for? And how is that going to help other people? And so uh, being tuned in to his voice. Uh, but then when it comes to uh, words, when it comes to creating your product and the branding behind it, I think words are so important as well. What words are you going to use to to, to sell? What's, what are, what's your sales pitch going to be? What's your website going to look like? Um, I'm a huge fan of figuring out what the problem is and uh, creating a, um, a solution for that problem. And so what words are you going to use that are going to um, really impact people and, and strike a nerve with them so that they realize that, oh, this is a problem in my life and yeah. there is something that I can do to get better at it. So I think, I think words and the impact of them with business are huge, but then also with your relationship with God, I think they're, they're massive. Well, you're, you use in the book, the, you and I are fellow glasses wearers and I, and you yes. use the, uh, the story of Warby Parker, the glasses company in your book. And of course yeah. I am wearing Warby Parker glasses right now. Oh, so I love, on. so I, I don't know what, I don't know what brand your glasses are, but but uh, yes. tell us a little bit about like, what have you learned from a brand like that um, about yeah. this idea of story? Because I think some of us are, yeah. we are, we, that's maybe if they aren't familiar with your brand yet, um, they might yeah. be familiar with Warby Parker. What, what are you seeing in these kinds of successful brands that we can learn from? Totally. I think so often a lot of them are very simplistic in, in their, uh, the way that they put their branding. So it's very clear. It's to the point. It's, it's, here's the problem. Here's what we're going to do to help you. And here's where you order. I think so often brands are focused on, I'm going to share my entire story with you and why you need to buy it. And I don't think that's necessary. I think we can, we can get our, our message across in one line or two and really get people to buy into it. And like with Warby Parker, with, with any of these other brands is like, let's, let's make the, the design style very simple. Let's make the, the branding, uh, the visual appeal, uh, so easy and so attractive that you just want to be a part of what they're doing. And really, I think inviting people into that, uh, the story of what you're doing, whether it's getting, uh, Bible studies in people's hands so that they understand the Bible better themselves or giving people affordable glasses, um, that actually are trendy and not something that you might pick up at, uh, at, uh, uh convenience store or anywhere, Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I love that. I mean, you're you're talking about you you're saying oh, in many different ways um you know, the visual is such a like we're such a visual oriented people. The visuals tell the story. How do we say it's simpler? How do we say it clearer? You you don't just have 
the the product you're selling that actually you believe you know is helping people um, is filling yeah. a need that people really have in their life because I think a lot yeah. of people have something that they can offer that will help other people yeah but they don't know how to sell it <laughs> totally um, so, right okay. and that's a yeah. huge thing that's a lot of people are. Everybody has an idea for a book. Everybody has an idea for a business. But once you actually have the book done or the business done, like that's only maybe 30% of it. Because yeah. if you don't have, if you don't market it or get it in the right hands, it's just a really cool business. And so the biggest thing is how are we going to make this attractive for, for other people to, to want to buy and to, to use consistently and be, be a brand advocate for how are they, how are you going to get them to talk about it with their friends and share it organically? You know, that's yeah. a, that's a massive part of it, especially in today's culture. And is that something for you that was you know, kind of intuitive or is that one of the areas where you've relied on, you know, partners and other people or like an, as you said, you have this e-commerce company. Is this something that's really yeah. natural to you as like you, you just get social or uh, like who does that for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty natural and it's pretty natural for my wife as well. And I think, I think what can help a lot of businesses is understanding, okay, who is my avatar? Who is is the person that I'm selling to. And you might say, oh, I'm selling all across the board, whether it's an 18 yeah, year old girl. Yeah. 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 Or everyone, which is also what shoots a lot of people in the foot, I think. Right. And so for us, we were very defined. We said, okay, this is going to be a 22 year old girl that uh, shops at urban outfitters. She has like cactuses in her, in her living room. She has white walls, like narrowed it down completely to this specific person. And from there, everything that we marketed, every piece of marketing material, everything that we created is for them. The But from there, it helped her friend, it helped her aunt, it helped her boyfriend, it helped all these other people because our messaging for that one person was very clear. And it may, like right now, I don't even think we're selling to that person a lot, but because we continue to keep that person in mind, it's it clarifies our messaging and it clarifies our branding completely so that it actually does vibe well with even a 60 year old, uh, man from Tennessee versus a 22 year old female from California, yeah. you know? And yeah. I think if a lot of brands did that, they, they did a self-reflection of what their, what their brand and business looks like. It could be a huge help. Yeah. I love that. It's true. It's sometimes there's this impression that if you have the avatar, like this is the kind of person we're trying to sell to, uh, yeah. that, that therefore then no one like, well, what about all these other people who might need it? It's more about yeah, getting yeah. very, it doesn't mean those people won't buy it. It's just trying to get really right. specific with your messaging of the kind of person that you're trying yep. to talk to. Now, I'd be curious on your insights, um, into, uh, you know, every, like as in, like your, your Instagram feels like the number one place that you're probably um, you know, building this network of people yeah. who are maybe going to be, you know, building the funnel or maybe, maybe people are going to be buying from you, but, uh, yeah. everything, everything on Instagram is going to video, right? Like Instagram says, we're no longer yep. a photo sharing app. So how, as, yep. how are you responding to that? Are you guys, are you on TikTok? I, maybe I should start there. Yeah. Are you doing <clears throat> TikTok or reels or what are you, what are yeah, you guys yeah. doing with that? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is like staying on top of what what's happening in all social platforms. So for younger people right now, like most people don't post on Instagram and you you're following people on Instagram because they're you want to stay on top of them. Uh, the amazing thing about TikTok is that you aren't uh, you aren't following people that, you know, typically and you're getting content that is in line with what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And so we just started on TikTok last week, actually for myself. And yeah, so I'm way. going all in. Yeah. I'm, I'm posting three times a day, um, for 90 days to, uh, in hopes of that, um, taking off a little bit and then kind of readjusting after 90 day days for 90 days. And See, so, the interesting, wow. yeah, TikTok is, TikTok is fascinating because it's a completely different strategy than you'd approach with any other um, business, whether, or with any other platform, um, because 
if I'm following somebody on TikTok, they aren't going to see all of my posts. There, it's once it's in their algorithm, it's going to show people that are interested in that content. Yeah. And the way that it works is if I post a video. TikTok's going to show it to maybe 10 people the first round. And then based on how many people viewed it or engaged with it, it's going to open up to another sphere. And now it might be 50 people and then 100. And then that's how it goes viral. And so even if like you, you can never oversaturate the marketplace because nobody's seeing all of your posts at once. And so I'm, I've, my strategy right, it's not has about been, the grid. There's no, yeah, it's not like it, on, exactly. the obsession with the grid people have in the past 10 on Instagram. Yeah. Right, right. Not at all. And so I'm picking like three buckets uh, of types of content that I'm that I'm creating in. Uh, one of them is heavily focused on like the written word on top of images and photos. And then one is uh, one bucket is on teaching. And then one bucket is on what's trending at the time. And, uh, in you order mean like, to like doing one of those, like, like picking a popular yeah. song and, or sound totally. bite. Yeah. 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 So you can see, you can see what's trending every single day, whether it's a sound bite, whether it's a dance, whether it's a song or whatever, um, yeah. but really being narrowed down in your niche and then creating, uh, that trending version, uh, based on your niche. And so I've, I've literally been on it for like, uh, I think like two weeks at this point. And it's been so awesome just to see, um, see how a different platform functions and just the potential that it has for, um, for growing your, your business, your awareness, everything. Yeah, um, and so I I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm hearing you be like a curious person, willing to try new things, willing to fail before yeah. you succeed. You know, these are some like totally. amazing qualities are, that are going to make what you're doing successful even if something even if tiktok is you know a fail it probably yeah. won't be but if tiktok yeah, yeah, yeah. was a fail uh mm -hmm. it's not about that it's about this whole right. philosophy of how you're approaching you know what you're totally. what you're building and getting that message out there and i assume you're not spending yeah. all day on tiktok like i assume you're probably no. filming in batches you're not spending yep. six hours a day on tiktok although maybe you totally. are because you no, you no, know no. it's so dang <clears throat> addictive <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Yes. No, batching is huge. If you can create, uh, so for me, if I could create uh, 21, um, so three a day for a week, um, maybe uh, split between Friday and Saturday, then I have it all set for the following week. Yeah. Um, in order to stay on top of trends, literally people will post like trend alerts on on TikTok. And so you can just follow those those guys. So you know, okay, this is what's trending this week. Let me figure out how to make my version of that. Yeah. And then I also have people on my team that are like, if they see something that's um, kind of pop, popping off, they'll, they'll just DM it to me. And yeah, just staying on top of it. But you're right. You fit like I, I fail all the time. I like my entire twenties were, were trial and error. And I think from that I grew and learned so much and it's developed this resilience in me. So if I fall seven times, I'm going to keep getting back up because I think no matter what, if you're putting out more content, it's going to benefit you because uh, I think quantity when it comes to social is much more important than quality. This episode is also brought to you by The Church Co. If you don't know The Church Co, I have been talking about them for a long time, but they're building people websites for free. You sign up, you choose a plan, and then they have a team of web designers who build you a website at no additional charge. So their focus and their price point is for churches. But even if you are a, you know, a leader and you need a website or your small business, they can do that for you as well. You might have already you might already have a website, you're looking for an upgrade because honestly, I think their sites look as good or better and the way they function is like sites that cost thousands of dollars because they've got a brilliant team behind them who are really trying to serve Christian ministries through an affordable price. It starts at just $29 a month and they have all kinds of features that are useful for churches like church online and CHMS integrations. You have digital prayer stuff, small groups, events, sermon widgets, all kinds of things like that. But the price is getting even better, not just $29 a month. They're actually offering listeners to this podcast, Word Made Digital. If you use the code digital, like Word Made Digital, you get 20% off your first year. So it's a no brainer. Go check out the link in the show notes and go check out the church go. 
love that. Hear that, everybody. Quantity over quality right now in 2022 yes. seems to be the name of the game. Maybe that has changed since a few years ago. Yeah. People were very obsessed with the, you know, we were all were the perfect image, the perfect caption. Just get it out. Totally. Get it out. Get it out. There's so much yep. noise. Yep. Be, be part of the noise, basically, and see yeah. like what cap what catches. And something you can Absolutely. spend, the classic story of like, you spend two hours for the perfect post versus like one you didn't think much about yep. you posted it in two minutes and that one goes crazy with interaction and Always. engagement and the, <laughs> yes. you know, the one you spent all this time on you think that's a banger everyone's gonna love it and like nobody yeah. cares crickets right right so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so true if people haven't caught this yet you are passionate um you're passionate about what you do mm. because it's it seems tied to your purpose um, yeah. so let's, and that's where I want to get to in this conversation, because that's really yeah. what you're writing about in your book, in the latest book that you've just released. Um, yeah. it's about your, per your God given purpose. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like that word can be thrown around a lot in church culture. Like what's my purpose? Yeah. And you know, you know, the Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, not prop prosper yeah, yeah. you, not to harm you. Like people throw these sort of Bible verses around. Um, right. and it can be used in maybe the wrong ways, but I'm seeing you passionate and purposeful and doing mm. something, um, that is really serving people in kingdom ways. So let's, yeah. let's talk about purpose. Uh, how do yeah. people find it? Where, how did you find it? Did it, did you yeah, fumble yeah. into it? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Purpose is such an interesting thing. Cause as you said, it can be super corny and then it can also, but it can also be like incredibly pack impactful knowing that like, okay, this is, this is what I'm here for. And this is how God made me. And this yeah. is, this is how I'm going to impact the world. And so for me is like, okay, I want to develop tools that help people grow in their relationship with God and understand the Bible better. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people have purpose that actually isn't uh like a christian purpose if you will so it's not necessarily like oh i i need to be a pastor i'm a, I'm a christian so the the ultimate goal is for me to be a pastor and i don't think that's true at all i think you can have a coffee shop and it can be you can be living out your purpose and you can be impacting the kingdom in many ways so no yeah. matter what your business is as long as you find a way to impact the world around you maybe that's uh who you employ maybe that's your values maybe that's um you you have a giving um aspect to to your business whatever it is i think i think a big part of your purpose is how can you impact the kingdom and grow that and and put out um, good into the world instead of, um, instead of knocking things down. And in order to get there, I think I love the, the way my, my way of doing it, uh, that works for me is taking a whiteboard and I call it the shotgun approach. So I just throw all of my thoughts out at once. So I'll look at what am I talented at? What, what comes easy to me? That's, that's harder for other people. I'll look at my experiences in life. So what have I gone through? What have I wished were different? Um, how can I impact um, others? And uh, what are my spiritual gifts? How, is, how has God created me to, to impact the body of Christ? And what am I passionate about? What do I actually enjoy doing? Yeah. If, you, if you don't enjoy uh, writing books, don't, don't write books. If you love coffee, <laughs> find a way, find a way to make a coffee business that, that impacts the kingdom in some way. I think we, I think so often people will, um, just sit at home, just waiting and praying like, God, show me what my purpose is. And I think a lot of the times he's, he's just saying, get out and, and start walking and start figuring out yourself, try things. You're going to, you're going to fail a lot. I tried many things before I had anything, um, become successful, but from every oh, one of those experiences, you gotta give us, give us an example. What's a, what's, yeah. do you have a, give us an anecdote or a couple story, you know, or just a couple lines. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what are some things you tried that didn't work? Cause I think that's going to yeah. encourage some people. Cause I think they're going to view what you're doing as really successful, but maybe there were some yeah. false starts before that. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. For my entire twenties was false start. So I'm 34 now. I wouldn't say we, we, uh, saw any movement with the business until I was 30, 31. And so for my entire twenties, I was in that hustle culture. I was working literally seven days a week, 12 hours a day minimum. 
And I didn't take a day off for six years because I was, I was running side hustles. I had always had my own business. And so if I'm working that 40, 50, 60 hours a week, I need to figure out how to make something else happen on the side, which means I'm working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. Like it was crazy, but it was necessary in the moment. I wouldn't suggest that for anybody, but when it comes to my situations, I was uh, doing a few different clothing lines. So I, I thought it was so cool that some people could wear their own clothes. And so I would design my own, my own uh, clothing lines. And we were trying to make those pop off when I was 19, 20, uh, 22. Uh, I ran a uh, recording studio for a little while. So I, we had, we had different artists coming in every day and, um, I was doing, I was like ghostwriting a little bit and then also doing, um, some on the design side and marketing of their, their albums. Uh, I was working on a TV show for a little while that didn't, that didn't happen the way that we wanted it to. Um, I, anytime that I had an idea for something fun, I, I never, uh, emptied out somebody else's money into it. I never took an investor's money. It was always like, okay, this is what my paycheck is this week. And this is how much I need to live off of. How much extra do I have that I can invest into something that might turn into something incredible later? It might also be a bust, but even if it is a bust, I know that I'm going to grow from it in the future. And, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be cool in the long run. Yeah, I'm hearing again, you're talking about taking risks, not being afraid to fail, trying out a few things like you wouldn't be you wouldn't be where you're at today if you hadn't tried those things that didn't work out, Um, getting the right people around you um, in order to do it. But um, do you think it was like a maturity thing? Like, why did this one work and the other ones? Because, you know, you can run, you know, in the name of God's kingdom or your purpose or you can run a recording studio or, you know, you know, a a clothing line, whether it says Jesus loves you on it or not, you know, you can do that as a a person of faith and be in line with who God's built you to be. But what's the difference here? Is this a purpose thing? Is it like this one is more you? For sure. Yeah. 100% because I was really, passionate about all the others, but none of them were for the kingdom of God. And so none of them were actually things that I was essentially partnering with God in where I, where I heard what he was saying. And I felt in, in my, in my knower, I I knew that, that this was, this was the right thing to do. And so, um, none of those, none of those felt because it, or none of those worked because it was, wasn't the right time for them. And when it comes to the Bible study and the brand Sunday is, okay, I really feel like God is calling me to this. And I feel like this is, uh, this is impacting the kingdom in a positive way. And, and that's really what my, my purpose was. And, and we'll release products all the time that may not, uh, be that successful, may not, may not do well. We, we had higher hopes for them, but, it's, it goes back to trying and yeah. actually doing something about it. And, and instead of just waiting around for it. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay, Zach, maybe as just like a last encouragement, you know, there's people who, um, you know, are trying to figure out their purpose. They want to honor God, you know, yeah. how, you know, I'm thinking about like, you talk about this purpose as a form of worship and, you know, not yeah. everyone's supposed to go be a pastor. Um, you know, we're all supposed to use our lives, but, um, how would you encourage people to use their life, use their gifts, use their time, their talents, um, for Jesus, even if it's not selling a Bible study (laughs) for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think so often we think we're going to be able to do things, uh, way faster than, than it actually takes to, to complete them. And so we're like, Oh, I need to, I need to have, 10,000 followers or views, um, by over the next year. And we, we set these unrealistic goals and oftentimes we get let down. And so we give up. And so I think the biggest thing is knowing that a lot of things are going to take a lot more time, um, than you realize. And we also have a lot more time than we realize. I think you need to do an audit on, on your time and know, okay, uh, maybe I'm wasting too much time on social media. Maybe I'm wasting too much time with, with negative people that are, that are dragging me down. And maybe I need to, um, focus on what this, what this dream is of mine. 
And so, so knowing what your dream is and then learning how to reverse engineer that. So if you want to have a product completed in the next, uh, in the next 12 months, say, okay, figure out what you need to have done in the next six months and then break that down by the month, by the week, by the day. If you do something small every single day towards that end goal, you're going to be so much further than if you were just to spend an hour on a Tuesday every other week working on it. So maybe it's sending one email, maybe it's drawing one logo, maybe it's researching one uh, wholesale company, whatever the case is, just do something small every day and, and always be working towards that end goal. Uh, that you have, no matter what the timeline is. And if you don't hit your goal, that's okay. Just keep going because uh, a lot of things are going to take off way, way later than you could ever expect them to. Zach, if people are going to want to follow you on, uh, well, TikTok. People are going to want to follow you hey, on TikTok come on. now. <laughs> they follow this journey, um, you know, as your uh, as you're learning, right? Like how to yeah. how to do it yourself and social where where do you want to send people day where can people find you yeah, or yeah. find what you're working on totally um so the brandsunday.com is our website uh social you can come follow me which is just me having fun at this point um at grateful zach and then on instagram is at zach windall and at the brand sunday Awesome. Uh, Zach, thank you for, uh, you know, taking us to business school a little bit today. Uh, I, I am, uh, pumped up by your passion. It's contagious. And so I know other people listening are going to be as well. So everybody go find them and, uh, we're going to do a little giveaway of, uh, your book. So, um, we'll check out on social, check out on where may digital social and we'll, uh, we'll set that up for everybody. Thanks Zach. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, next week is the last official episode of the season, and we are ending kind of on a fun note. We're talking to Madison Pruitt of The Bachelor. So if you vaguely know your pop culture uh, or you're a diehard fan of The Bachelor, Madison Pruitt was um, a Christian participant on The Bachelor reality show, and uh, you know she ends up walking away in the end from this guy. Uh, and there's lots of drama and we're going to talk about her and how she's dealt with criticism, how she's dealt with life in the media, why she's made some of the decisions she's made, how she's handled all of that. So I think you're going to kind of enjoy a look into the life of someone who's been on The Bachelor. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Compassion Canada, amazing people, The Church Co., amazing people. They're doing great work and being very generous as they do it. So please check out those links in the show notes. See you on our YouTube channel and see you in the Digital Church Facebook group. As always, links are down below to check them both out. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.